You're listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association, where we discuss the latest market trends in outdoor recreation. And now, here are your hosts, Kelly Davis and Patrick Hogan. Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of Inside the Outdoors. I'm your host, Patrick Hogan. In this episode, Kelly and I discuss the newly released report from the Outdoor Recreation Satellite Account of the Bureau of Economic Analysis, which measures the contributions to GDP made by outdoor recreation activities in 2022. What exactly is this report measuring? How do outdoor recreation activities support American jobs, generate federal and state tax dollars, and contribute to the country's gross domestic product? And how can these numbers support advocacy and policy efforts? Let's get into it. <laughs> yeah, the, the Bureau of Economic Analysis has their outdoor rec satellite account. They they do this webinar every year to to promote the release of their annual numbers. Their um, I think it's just the outdoor rec satellite account. Yeah, it's the um, it's BEA. There's no special name for it. It's this yeah it's the, yeah Bureau of Economic Analysis outdoor economic impact satellite account. Super exciting stuff. Can tell that marketing was involved in naming that. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's a researcher's name if I ever heard one. Heck yeah. Yeah. The only thing that would have made it more like an economist is to have named it after oneself. Um, <laughs> out, outside of that, the, the verbose title just tells me that it, it was like an economist or a mathematician or someone that came up with it. It's very specific. And it is, uh, yeah, m- yeah, maybe not short and sweet. Like, But but I, love it. I mean, it, I'm, I'm not I'm not dogging on it at all. Um, uh, no, and yeah, I, I was on that webinar. It, it's it's great to be able to kind of see it live and, and walk through the numbers initially with someone. And so the first time that you're seeing these economic impact numbers, um, there's a little bit of handholding from the BEA and they're going, hey, this is this is what we found. Here's what we think is really interesting. Here's some some top line information that you can take home with you. And like a couple of deep dive tidbits that we think help illustrate what happened in outdoor recreation over last year. So so we're in November of 23. So it, it's it's sort of funny. I think to, to folks who aren't well-versed in these data, it can feel like, what the hell, we're wrapping up 23 right now and we're just now talking about 22. But it takes so long to gather these data and then combine it with spending data and, and just like uh, come up with these estimates of the economic impact for all 50 states. It, it's a laborious process. And so, yeah, you know, it's it's been 11 months since we were in 22, but um these numbers, I think, are still incredibly relevant and very helpful to all of us in the outdoor industry trying to make the case for better infrastructure, better access, better support of participants in each of these states that want to participate in these activities and want to spend their dollars on these activities and and need you know public lands in order to do so. They need favorable regulations in order to do so. Yeah, I'm going to get to the I'm going to get to the bottom line because I'm sure people are listening, going, well, what do the numbers say? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. what Thank the numbers you. said is that is. You know, our impact grew. Um, we grew yeah. to 1.1 trillion or 1.08 trillion dollars in gross economic impact, which is pretty incredible. Um, the the that that number didn't startle me. I mean, what we went from 868. Do I have that right? 860. Yeah, it was, it was a high eight. So that sounds right. So I mean, it was it was it was good growth, and you know, being at 1.1 trillion definitely puts us on par with very big industries, including things like industrial mining and extraction, including yeah. our agriculture. I mean, it's very very big, and considering that 55% of Americans are are participating in outdoor, I mean, that's a really important constituency. Um, one of the the thing that really got me in the numbers that that actually I didn't really hear anybody mention on Friday 
is that outdoor went from supporting 4.1 million jobs, which is mm, yeah. huge, huge in 2021 to, to 5 million jobs in 2022. That is absolutely incredible. Yes. That, that makes outdoor really a, a job creation machine. And when you start looking at the percentage of, of salary and wages that outdoor mm-hmm. explains, being, you start to see that it's a very, very important part of the economy. And, and you know, one of the reasons I think we saw those kinds of increases is that, you know, when when somebody participates in outdoor, you know, they also travel, they also go out to eat. They yeah. also and outdoor, by the way, includes everything from the traditional outdoor activities to the motorsport outdoor activities, including RV, snow machine, motorcycle, all those things. Um, but it also includes things like music festivals. Mm-hmm. It includes things like amusement parks. So the more people are going and traveling and doing anything outdoors for entertainment, you know, the the more that number goes up because the yeah. you know, travel that's associated with it, the gas that's associated with it, all of those things are associated and those jobs are associated with outdoor. And a good amount of food and beverage is associated with outdoor. And it, the whole thing is, this is why I love macroeconomics, right? because you start to see like how these things just span out yeah. and, and how we end up supporting each other, supporting each other economically. Yeah, I like that. Right? When, yeah, when, we, you when, can see a dollar multiply and, and move throughout this system where, where it's going from a retailer to a, 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 you know what, maybe here's what we should do. Let's, let's, um, let's describe exactly what we're measuring because we're talking about travel dollars. What sorts of travel dollars are included in here? Because I think it's only a subset, right? It's not all travel. Correct. So you're the economist. I get to step back here and watch you explain your stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the travel spending, as I understand it, is travel beyond 50 miles from home. So it's it's serious travel. You know, it it wouldn't be travel um, for me to go to the trailhead that's just up the road from me. You know, like even if I and all my friends are going to meet at the trailhead and then on the way back to town have lunch in a certain spot that those dollars aren't calculated. Those like close to home travel expenditures aren't, aren't calculated, but it's really that um, medium and long distance travel that's calculated. So, so I just want to be clear as we're talking about like everything that's wrapped up in outdoor rec. Um, it, it's, it's a lot of what's what we think of as the economic contributions of these outdoor recreation activities to the economy. Um, but there is some stuff that isn't included in it, which is explicitly stated in, in the report. And the other thing, let's let's talk about the the durable goods spending. So, so when we're talking about the like the the big contributions to the U.S. economy, it's from that travel um, further away from home, and it's from spending on the durable goods that we purchase in order to to participate in these activities. So for me, it would be spending on bicycles, helmets, uh, footwear, gloves, apparel, that sort of stuff. It's spending on those as it relates to where that product is from. So, so where that dollar goes first is really important. So for our industry, the vast majority, almost all the bikes that we sell here in the U.S. come from elsewhere. So because those dollars are essentially leaving the country first, those dollars don't count for this measurement of GDP. So it's um, it's it's a very specific scope, which doesn't take into account every single dollar spent on cycling in the US, but it takes into account dollars spent on cycling products that contribute to the US's GDP. Okay. Any, anything you want to call out for for your categories? You know, it's macroeconomic analysis. And when I think about macroeconomic analysis, I, I, I always think black box. I do. I can't help it as a math. Oh, no. It's not a black box, Kelly. It, it is a black box, though. It is. I'm taking a note right now. We're going to do it. We're going to do an episode on 
what it means to uh, to measure the economic contributions of an activity. And so so I keep saying contributions because we, we would do an economic impact assessment if we were going to create something new, right? If I want to put a new downhill trail in, it's going to be skiing in the winter, it's going to be mountain biking in the summer, it's going to be a change. And so it, currently we have this much economic activity. If we create this new resource, we'll have greater economic activity. So that's the impact of this new resource. The economic contributions describe ongoing economic activities within the economy, just quantifying how many dollars are attributable to those activities. So, so economic impact is a little bit of a misnomer, but it's what we're all used to hearing. Um, really, what we're talking about is the economic contributions of outdoor rec. We will do an episode on what exactly that is, because I think it's a really powerful tool, you know, what the BEA does with the outdoor rec satellite account and what so many other industries have done, including OIA in 2017, measuring the economic contributions of outdoor recreation helps us, helps uh, government officials, helps nonprofit groups on the ground advocate for those activities. Cause you can just like you did a minute ago, you can say, look, 5 million jobs is a lot of jobs. $1.1 trillion is a lot of economic impact. Therefore, we're bringing apples to this Apple conversation when we're talking about dollars and cents spent on infrastructure, spent on conservation lands, spent on um, whatever it may be to support our activities. These activities make an impact in your community. So we we deserve to have a seat at the table when we talk about resource allocation. Yeah. Uh, but but going back to your black box, it oh. it can be tricky. It, it's it it feels like there's you get a little bit of input and then there's a black box and then you get a number on the back end. You go, well, how how did we get from retail spending to uh to one point one trillion dollars? But uh, I I would love maybe maybe it's even like a webinar. Maybe we do like a, a video podcast for this one, just like um, input output analysis for the outdoor rec industry. That's that's the stuff that I really dig. Yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a, a dynamic model kind of girl. Um, I like Remy better than I like Implan, but Remy's too expensive for anybody to use. I, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure they're using Implan, um, yeah. which is input output. And it's a snapshot. It's like, this is what happened in 2022. It's not a projected yeah. model. Like here's what's likely to happen in 2023. It doesn't do that. Um, when I say black box, I mean that there are a lot of assumptions included in the, in the formulae. For, oh, that's fair. Yeah. Calculation, and you know, and I think about when I think about black box, think about and, and as if you were a mathematician. These formulas are 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 very Bayesian. They're man-made, and all kinds of things go into them. And I've actually had conversations with BEA about the assumptions that are injected into their equations in this particular their um, economic analysis. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? Don't get me wrong. Sure. I I, and I don't. I don't think that, that that affects the validity of the analysis of economic impact across outdoor, um, but it's important to know, right? And it's important mm-hmm. to understand that there are assumptions that are built into these into these um, impact models, and you know, there's room there's room to move to for analysis. Yeah. So if you know if you if you're looking at the model, it's not like it's not a plug and play, man. It still requires um, somebody to say, yes. okay, well, you know, I was with my friends last weekend and we went to Harper's Ferry because I live near DC and I'm an analyst and we did this. And so let's think about that through this filter. So that, oh, yeah. that's, you, and you know, you've sat in rooms where that's happened. I know you have. We've, if, you're, if you've been doing this, yeah. you're a researcher, yeah. you've been doing this long enough, you've sat in that room. And that's that's what I'm talking about when I say black box. So okay, again, yeah. I think this is an absolute. This is this is this data. This analysis is so good for outdoor. And you know, I have to thank outdoor and Jess at ORR 
who started this effort at Outdoor <laughs> to get BEA to do this measurement. I mean, OIA yeah. was paying Southwick to do this measurement for a long time to try yeah. and convince BEA that they should, and they did. And now we have it. And the great thing about this data is that it shows how big we are, how important we are, how many jobs we produce. I mean, just just how, how many tax dollars are generated. Yeah. How many wages, wages and salary dollars. Yeah. What percentage of the GDP do we represent? I mean, who represents more than 1%? We do. Almost 2%. What is it? 2.2? 2.2 went from 1.9 to 2.2 percent yeah. gross domestic. That's huge, huge. You know what? And, and I wanted to tag this earlier too. You mentioned the um, the rate of growth for the outdoor industry, and it outpaced the rate of growth for the U.S. economy. Let me think. Um, the outdoor industry grew at a rate of 4.8 percent from 21 to 22, when the overall U.S. economy only grew 1.9 percent during that same time. That is bonkers. I've got a question for you. Okay, because retail trade yeah. was the largest contributor, right? It's mm. the largest contributor to U.S. outdoor recreation. Current dollar value added in 22, accounting for 153.6 billion or 27.3% was retail trade. So how did inflation affect this number? Did, did, it, did higher prices drive our impact up? No, so, so the numbers that I just described, 4.8% growth is real growth, uh, which is to say it's adjusted for inflation, right? It's not nominal dollars. It's not comparing a $23 to a $22. It's it's um, comparing those with regard to a baseline that allows us to assess the real rate of growth, accounting for the inflation um, that we've experienced over the last few years. You know that That's a great question. I'm glad you brought that up because it's not just some artificial growth that we've seen because our products cost more than they used to cost. Um, it's because we are purchasing more um, and, and we are spending more real dollars. Yeah. Another another misconception I often find when people are looking at this data is, and we talk about this because it's unusual that music festivals and outdoor concerts and amusement parks are the yeah. lion are the lion's share of this data. Um, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna come out with it. In 2022, conventional outdoor recreation, which is us, um, mm-hmm. accounted for 34.2 percent. So we're the biggest. Yeah. yeah, we're not outdoor recreations fall recreation activities fall into three general categories: conventional activities such as bicycling, boating, hiking, and hunting; other activities such as gardening and outdoor concerts; and supporting activities such as construction, travel, tourism, local trips, and government expenditures. So conventional is thirty four point two percent of that. Mm-hmm. Hold on a second. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because conventional, I, I think, is what we all tend to think of first. Some of those, some of those activities that people for bikes, outdoor industry association that we cover, the camping, the hiking, the cycling, and all that stuff. Um, but all of those other outdoor recreation activities, which I'm looking at the list now, that that looks like amusement parks, water parks, festivals, field sports, guided tours, all of these activities are still ways for people to spend time outside. And so maybe we don't think of it in the same way we think of as like what what I would define as like traditional outdoor rec activities, but Anything we can do to get folks outside and connect them with their natural environment, even if that is is part of a constructed environment at, a, at an amusement park, that's still a step in the right direction towards getting someone engaged with the outdoors and in some of those other activities. Not not to say, not to make any judgment on what category we'd like them to be in, but I'll, I'll tell you now, I'd rather be riding a bike than anything else, right? Because that's my job is to get more people on more bikes more often. Um, all these activities together combined to describe the outdoor rec industry, I think is, is a really powerful contingent. 
Yeah, well, so the supporting activities, which, you know what? Gardening. Gardening is an outdoor activity. I'm just saying yard work. Yeah. I consider yard work an outdoor activity. Just as, It's actually, you know, that's harder than hiking. So I'm going to just put it in there. <laughs> it's it's 19.8%. So they're 19.8%. So that's gardening, amusement parks, concerts. You know, if you go see a Taylor Swift concert mm-hmm. in Southside, boom, there you are, 19.8. We are 34.2% conventional. And then the supporting activities, all of those things, including travel mm-hmm. and all of the the um, extra, I don't, I don't want to call them extracurricular, the indirect impacts, um, yeah. dining, et cetera. That's 46% of this number. So, but it's yeah. the, the interesting part is that the 54% that we're doing drives that 46%. Those are, that oh, means for that, sure. I know. You know, you think about how beautiful that is and, and you can think about how that spreads through an outdoor community. Like, you know, what we're doing and what people like to do with our stuff is actually driving that economic, that's amazing, that economic activity. What a great return on investment. I like it. I like it too. I I think these numbers are so powerful. And yeah, like I just have so many images of dollars moving throughout an economy and and you spend a dollar at a retailer and that retailer pays their employee with that dollar and that employee gets food with that dollar. And then it's like, it keeps moving and, and it gets cut up just a little bit every time because some dollars leak out of the country, some dollars leak into other industries, some dollars are no longer able to be attributed back to the outdoor rec industry. But, but the multiplying of those, of the impact of that dollar is so key to supporting our activity and, and supporting all these other industries. Um, I, I love this type of analysis. Yeah, me too. Well, it was a really powerful report this year. I, you know, I was, I was a little bit, I was being cynical before the report came out. I was like, we're not going to hit a trillion. No way we're going to hit a trillion. <laughs> 1.08. I know. And so, yeah, I was, I was really super happy to be wrong about this. And I thought, <laughs> I, and I thought, you know, conventional, mm, you know, I'm not sure how much we're going to, and we did, we did, you know, in terms of our share of the market, we got it down mm-hmm. a little bit. I mean, yeah, yeah. Spend, spending, Spending is down. And, you know, I asked about inflation because I think we're going to have to talk about consumer spending in our next episode as we move into the holidays, because there is a lot of pressure on consumer spending. And these numbers are great and consumers are spending, but it's time to really talk about the realities of of what the economy looks like for our young consumers, especially yeah. our consumers right now. So well, let's like, hang on. We were, we were, in, we were in like a positive zone, Kelly, don't bring us down yet. Oh no, this is going to be, it, <laughs> it's not going to be all gloom and doom. How can it be gloom yeah. and doom when we're a $1.1 trillion industry? Well, yeah, yeah. I, I was just thinking, you know, it, it, considering the bike industry, considering our view of the retail market that we provide our members through Circana, previously called NPD group, 22 was down compared to 21 quite a bit, right? Like we hit a high in 2020. We were riding pretty close to that overall max in 21. And then 22 was down a bit as I'm sure was every other industry. And so far 23 has been down a bit too, you know, because we pulled so much of that demand forward. But that being the case, we still saw overall growth in how outdoor rec contributed to the US economy, which is a really powerful message. And I think that brings a lot of optimism to conversations that, that I've heard throughout the industry, which is like, 23 is rough. 24 could also be rough. I don't know about 25. I'm just trying to like make it through this quarter and this half and this year. Um, but sort of couching that conversation within the overall conversation about the outdoor rec industry being a strong industry with growth outpacing that of the overall U.S. economy, I think offers me optimism about folks continuing to spend time outside, folks continuing to spend on all of the supporting activities that we think of when we think of 
um, riding your bike is not just left, right, left, right. Riding your bike is also traveling away from your home, hitting a restaurant, maybe staying overnight. If you and your friends are going to go ride some cool trail that you've been talking about for some while and you go, you know what, we are going to go out to Moab or whatever it is. Um, there's, there's reasons to be optimistic, even if the market right now is tough. I, I think that's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, I wasn't trying to bring us down that far. Holy no, 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 no. I, well, <laughs> I feel like you just called like I feel like you just called the chopper because I stubbed my toe. No, 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 no. I maybe I'm just having enough conversations about current state and and future state that it's it's on my mind a lot. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I do have a lot of conversations about retail sales and and you know comparing 23 to 22 and and comparing it all back to. Um, some pre-pandemic numbers and and um, there's a lot of uncertainty, but but what I am certain about is that Outdoor Rec as a whole is doing very well. Me too. Me too. And BEA supports that. And also yeah. BEA supports the idea that um, Outdoor does have a significant economic impact and communities that invest in, in Outdoor are going to have a return on investment. And this helps yes. that argument. And this helps with arguments about protecting public lands and keeping the areas in which we recreate free and accessible to everybody. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, there's so many other industries vying for those same spaces and I'm not, I'm not going to pick on anyone, but I'll, I'll say, you know, like um, oil and gas exploration. I was going to say, look at you extraction. Dollars, <laughs> dollars and cents are a part of that conversation. You know, like you can, you can look at an industry like that and you go, okay, I understand that that's going to bring jobs. I understand that that's going to supply um, funding to this area and, and, and that's going to have a positive economic impact. Having a tool like what we're provided by the the Bureau of Economic Analysis, having this tool at our fingertips helps us go to that same conversation with dollars and cents on our side and say, check it out. We bring a lot of money to the table too. So let's talk about multi-use space. So let's talk about setting aside space for outdoor recreation because um, we have just as much, if not more of an impact in some areas. Oh, and by the way, we're sustainable. Yeah, there we go. I mean that, but but again, you know, like, yes, you and I care about that so much, but if I'm... If I'm trying to bring economic growth to my region, that argument only gets me so far. And that's why we need these numbers from BEA is because we get, we're sustainable and we bring a bunch of money. I, that, that's got to be in addition to, that can't be in place of, and, and sorry, that's my like cold economist heart saying that, but you got it's got to be an apples to apples conversation. I don't know. The, what I'm seeing in younger consumers and, and how the, they're thinking about sustainability and actually behaving based on those beliefs about sustainability yeah. gives me a lot of hope and, and makes me think that that actually will be a more um, seminal piece of the argument about yes. investing in outdoor over over things like extraction or, you know, maybe there's a compromise, you know, maybe maybe instead of always being an either or maybe we figure out ways to do both sustainably. Maybe we start working together in areas where sure. that makes sense. How about that? What do you I, like? I'm with you. How do you like I've, that compromise? I've, I've, I've fished in the Gulf of Mexico near, uh, near oil rigs and I've fished near, uh, wind farms. And I'll tell you what, it doesn't affect my fishing a whole heck of a lot more one way or the other, but I'd rather fish next to a wind farm. Yeah. Um, it, yeah and and, and when, when those, cool. when those young consumers, pretty neat, when those yeah. young consumers, you know, get to be elected officials and get to make some of these decisions, I have way more optimism about our ability to say this is a sustainable activity, but for now, we're, we're a part of a system that really requires dollars and cents to be a part of the, the conversation. And that's, that's, that's why I was um, sort of trying to, to be a little bit more pragmatic about using these economic impact dollars and, and focusing less on sustainability as the main crux of an argument as to why we should 
set land aside for this activity or the other. But at the end of the day, what, whatever we can do to have space set aside for our outdoor work activities, that's what we want to get done. I'm going to call Greta on you. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Thanks for listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association. We'll see you next time.